0: Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime, powered by Tennessee Tickets. I am your host, Buck Rising, proud, as always, to be presented by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Your dream address without the stress, don't sell without the intel at GaryAshton.com. Our friends at Tame the Beast remind you, as always, to groom boldly, be a beast, use the promo code AZ50 with 50% off at GetBeast.com. And Tennessee Heating and Cooling, 10HC.com. That's T-E-N-N-H-C.com for all of your H V A C needs. The good folks at Tennessee Heating and Cooling have got you under wraps. So let's talk about the Tennessee Titans and the role and the and the void left behind by Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker, for the longest, has been one of the most consistent players, if not the most consistent offensive football player for the Titans in the last, what would you say, decade, decade plus Delaney Walker, one of the most reliable pass catchers on the team, one of the most consistently productive, the one who Marcus Mariota during his time here trusted the most. Delaney Walker represents truly something special to Tennessee Titans fans. And so with him and Wesley Woodyard and Jarrell Casey and many others moving on In all of this, seeing less and less of these guys whose names you associated with leadership. Derek Morgan is another one. Brian Arakpo. Guys who have been mainstays for the Titans for some time. The old guard has been swept out. The new regime, the new look, the new face Titans, the younger Titans, have assumed leadership roles. I want to know from you guys. In the comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope here tonight, who do you consider to be the Titans locker room leader? Let me know in the comments section and we will discuss together here on A to Z Sports Primetime. We have a little bit of NFL breaking news, actually, that's just come across the wire. Matt Judon has signed his $16.3 million franchise tender. The Ravens have until July 15th to negotiate a long-term deal. That again. Matters for the clowny conversation. Puka says, I humbly disagree, but I'm a Mariota apologist, says that is from uh, El Boogie talking to Puka. Who do you consider to be the Titans locker room leader? Because this is an interesting question. Now with so many of these dudes who were always go-tos for media guys like myself, and there are still some in that locker room who you can trust, who you are able to talk with, who you can rely upon to give you consistently good uh, talking points throughout the course of the season. People you know who can be trusted with this responsibility. Titans for Life says Derrick Henry or Kevin Byard. Raymond says Taylor Lewan or Derrick Henry. And for a long time, that's not necessarily something that I would have assigned to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, for a while, has been uncomfortable with the spotlight. Football field spotlight a different situation than front-facing spotlight. Face of the franchise, we're talking about. Taylor Lewan has been the one whom you associate most with the Tennessee Titans for longest. Colton Sweet says Rashawn Evans. El Boogie says Lewan Bayard, Kern are my dudes now. So here's kind of Adam Humphrey, says Lewis. Lewis has such random answers in here. Lewis always kills me with these things because I never know what he's going to say. But it's never the right answer. (laughs) That's the one thing we can consistently rely on Lewis for. A.J. Brown says Justin. And that's an interesting one, but I don't think quite yet. I look at this locker room and I say, okay, with Logan Ryan gone, no more Brian Arakpo, no more Wesley Woodyard, Jarrell Casey has been sent to Denver, Delaney Walker, whom forever was always the best, most reliable, most consistent person to talk to when you needed somebody to explain just what the hell was going on in the Titans locker room. Big detail says A.J. Brown showed some leadership qualities last year, and I do agree. Titans for Life says Henry leads by example, not his mouth, and I think that for a long time has been true, but what we observed as it relates to Derrick Henry, and I think there's a lot, there's a big role that Derrick Henry has to play, and I'll give you my answer answer initially when I was thinking about this, because Texas Sports 10:15 is the first person to say Tannehill, and we're what? We're 10 minutes into the show, and somebody's just bringing up the starting quarterback when it comes to leadership. I think Tannehill's a pretty interesting case study, but when you talk about leadership and the void that Delaney Walker left, Delaney Walker, who was such an important part of this community for so long, whose work on the football field transcends his work off the football field, but the off-the-field stuff was just as important. This was a guy who you all loved more than anybody on that, lo- on that roster for a very long time. And now, as the face of the old heads, for lack of a better term, Jarrell moved on, Arakpo moved on, Derek Morgan moved on. We've talked about so many of these names who you have associated with leadership for the Tennessee Titans. When I look at the guys who can potentially fill that void now, there's one name that comes to mind for me, and I'd be curious to see how you feel about this, because we spoke to him today via Zoom press conference. The person who I think has the most room to grow into this leadership void that Delaney Walker is leaving behind, particularly on offense, is the guy who's the longest tenured offensive lineman on the roster, veteran Taylor Lawan. Taylor, good to talk to you. Uh, So being the longest tenured Titans offensive lineman on the active roster, how do you kind of balance the relationships that you have with someone that you're really close with, like Dennis versus Isaiah who's coming in as a rookie, ultimately understanding that they're both competing for the same job?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, I I, I want to approach this year uh, the way I'd like to approach the rest of my career is, I'm willing to help anybody and everybody and who anything that I can help Isaiah with, I'm going to help Isaiah with anything I can help Dennis with. I'm going to help Dennis with what I care about more than anything is winning football games, winning football games, winning and, and turning get in the playoffs and, and getting that last dance and figuring that whole thing out. That's the most important thing. So um, relationships off the football fields are what they are, but we all know it's a business. And someday there's going to be some young slappy that comes in probably the top 10 pick that wants to come and take my job and uh, I'm going to treat him with respect and teach him everything I can and still beat him out. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, it is touchy at first, but when you realize there's so much black and white, like when you're on the field, the only thing that matters is getting the offensive line better. the only thing that matters is keeping Tannehill upright, getting Derek yards and winning football games. That's the only thing. And whoever the best person is for that right tackle spot is going to be there. Uh, That's just, that's just what it is. I love Dennis to death. I've had time to spend with his and, no, those guys are—they're they're both great people. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that battle, and looking forward to them both grow as players too. Because when you have that kind of competition, it definitely um, makes you pick up your game quite a bit. So it's going to be—you know—it's tough, but it's part of the business. It is what it is, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens.
0: So these are two totally different kind of leadership styles. We're talking about Delaney Walker, Jarrell Casey. So many of the Titans' veterans who have you have long associated with the best and the brightest on this roster. Having moved on in this offseason in particular, we saw a lot of turnover, a lot of needs to be filled, and among them, the leadership that will be needed to to keep this team on track. At 2-4, and four, and even when he was dealing with injuries as a result of the ankle that he snapped in Miami and was having to work his way back from, Delaney struggled with the ability to rely again upon that leg after having surgery and after working. I mean, he worked his ass off to get back, and then ultimately his body just started to fail him there. And he had, he had a few setbacks, as he discussed with us. We talked with Mike Vrabel about it, and ultimately the team opted to put him on IR, um, I think a little before the halfway point in the season. But even then, it was Delaney Walker when we would go to him for a quote and be like, you know, what, what do you kind of, what, from from a distance, not from a distance, but from the observer perspective at this point, what do you kind of see happening in this locker room when the team was languishing? And he was just, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was always kind of, yeah, we need to, we need to, get, we need to get our shit together at this point. There are guys who need to step up. There is more that can be done. There is always more that is demanded of us. And I get, these are not exact quotes, but these were the kind of things that Delaney Walker was saying to us as the media. I don't, we don't know what Delaney would say in the meeting rooms to these guys, how actively involved he was, but you know what kind of person he is. So you can assume that there was a lot that he was shouldering, even from, a, even from the sidelines as the season wore on and he was, they were forced to place him on IR. Somebody now needs to step up to to be the kind of person that can keep the Titans on the right track. And you might and you may laugh at the idea that Taylor Lewan is the person who I am suggesting. But over the course of time, Taylor Taylor's always been expected to be a leader because of where he was drafted and because his paycheck demands that he be looked at that at looked at in that way. Somebody who's be getting paid 80 80 plus million dollars over the life of their deal there's going to be expectations with a contract of that size. But that's not necessarily the role that Taylor is best, or has been best suited to play. Now, we've seen Taylor step up. He is publicly accountable. Every time you put a camera in front of his face, he's always been a good quote. But with Taylor, you're asking kind of the class clown to be the person who holds everybody else responsible. For a long time, that's who Taylor Lewan was. And it's just a product of growing in, You know, growing up within the NFL, growing up within an NFL locker room, and we've seen the maturity, progress, and uh, uh, excuse me, progress over time with Taylor in a way where we're asking him questions. That was an example from today's press conference of you know Taylor, how do you balance the idea that Dennis Kelly, who's your friend, who was slated to be the starting right tackle when the prior to the draft, the team goes out and drafts a rookie. First round offensive tackle to eventually replace Dennis Kelly. How do you kind of balance the relationship between your friend and the rookie who you're going to have to help indoctrinate into the Titans' locker room? This is going to have to be Taylor Lewan's job. And honestly, he took today about as seriously as I've seen Taylor take media availability. And that may mean absolutely nothing. There is nothing to be, there's nothing to be learned with how with how guys, for the most part, with how guys deal with us, right? It's a very, very small part of what their day-to-day process is. But with Delaney, you could all, and we cite Delaney in particular because there were a lot of other guys who you could go to in previous generations of Titans on this roster, but Delaney was the first one that came to mind when you're just thinking, man, who the hell am I going to talk to next year? Who am I going to go to when we as the media, on behalf of you as the fans, are looking for explanations that are, that are happening with things over the course of the season. Who's going to give us a level-headed but honest response? For a long time, for almost all the time, that was Delaney. That's the first one of the first people that you go to in that locker room to provide insight on what's going on without putting anybody at risk. Really, not putting anybody at risk is the wrong way to say it. Without putting anybody truly on blast. Now, you'd say some stuff. To kind of let everybody know, hey, you know, this is how I feel our season is going. This is how I feel we've performed to this point. And then you go to him after the Browns game and he's catching touchdown passes in his return to action in the Titans' ass kicking of the Cleveland Browns. And the man is out here saying, we are who they thought they were because Delaney Walker sniffed out who the fake ass Browns were before then. Listen, I, I, it was, it was comical almost to watch play out because, you know, in media, we don't have a rooting interest. Obviously, the team that we, that we cover, the further they go, it benefits us. I'm not, we're always transparent with you guys in that way, but that doesn't mean we root for one side or the other. But to kind of see Delaney in Cleveland in the locker room after that game, just kind of like, yeah, those are the fake tough guys. We're the real tough guys, and we just showed you guys exactly what we're capable of doing and what this, all of this preseason hype nonsense means. That was the most Delaney, one of the most Delaney Walker moments that we witnessed over the course of last season, and frankly, there weren't nearly enough of them because he just his his body was his body wasn't ready to come back in the way that it needed to to sustain a 16 game NFL regular season. It was just a tough situation for him last year, uh, and I uh, I hope that guy has tremendous success because he was always very very generous with us uh, for with his time for us and in all of our dealings with him. Delaney Walker was somebody I truly enjoyed talking to, and I hope. Uh, we will hear more from uh, wherever his career takes him, whether that be on the playing field or whether that be in some some other aspect. I think that guy's got a lot of different a- elements to him that he could do really whatever the hell he wants after football, or if, even if his football career is not done. I think uh, I think he very much expressed the idea that he would like to continue to play when last we spoke to Delaney Walker. And free agent is a bad year to be a free agent or to be out on the open market for anybody. Asked Davion Clowney, but. Uh, we, wish, uh, we wish, of course, Delaney Walker much success in his future endeavors. Though, let's get to more of your comments here on Facebook Live and on Periscope, because a lot of you weighing in with Tannehill, and I want to address the Tannehill thing in just a second. But first, I'm going to remind you about our friends at TameTheBeast. The promo code that you use at GetBeast.com for 50% off your online order on all of their fantastic grooming products is AZ50. I hold in my hand. The Yop hand wash, the exfoliating hand wash that will make sure that you are kept clean with exfoliating scrub, eucalyptus, menthol, green tea, and citrus. This stuff smells incredible, and it gets under your fingernails, which is the most important place to clean if you are in need of washing your hands, which so many of us still need to do enough of. If Delaney, <laughs> Boogie 808 says on Periscope, if Walker goes to the Raiders, I'm flipping teams. Noted El, uh, Noted, Marcus Mariota Apologist L Boogie 808. And again, those are those are two those are two dudes who I wish nothing but success for. Marcus and Delaney. That was uh was a cool dynamic to watch those two at their most comfortable. Uh to see just, you know, to kind of because I think there was a lot that we didn't get that we missed out on with Marcus Mariota. And Delaney Walker was a big part of seeing the glimpses that kept the Marcus Mariota dream alive here in Nashville, so for probably longer. Than it should have gone on. I think there 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 could have been a an easier decision made with Marcus that didn't put him in in such a bad spot. Six games into the season, getting benched and just being brutalized, and yeah, he's he's to blame for a lot of it. The organization is to blame for a lot of it. Both parts can be so, but both of those guys uh, are going uh, are going to do are going to do great at whatever whatever it is the next phase of their lives. Looks like whether that's on the football field for either of them or not. Uh, the, those two those two will be uh, enjoyable to follow. But Taylor Lewan is the one. I'm kind of sitting here looking at. Well, I'm like, okay, Janu Smith has a lot of potential. I think Janu's kind of getting into his comfort zone. I think Janu now that he is officially tight end one can kind of approach this offseason, this particular season, at more ease. He's more comfortable in his own skin. He was much better on his Zoom press conference call than any media availability that we've previously had with John, who I think he's going to be an interesting case study to play out, but he's not there yet. A lot of you guys are saying Tannehill on Facebook Live and on Periscope. And I'm, I just don't know if Tannehill... I mean, I don't know. Tannehill's, the, Tannehill's a ma- massive reason that they got to the AFC Championship game. Like let's not, let's not kid ourselves. The Titans have looked for quarterback play like that for decades and not find it. Hell, half the teams in the league are looking for quarterback play like they got out of Ryan Tannehill last year and not found it for decades. Like, this was something truly special that he was able to accomplish. But Ryan Tannehill, I just don't know if he's been here long enough to be considered the front-facing leader. Now, Derrick Derek Henry is the one who legitimately impacts games, the person whose skill set most puts them in control when the Titans' offense is playing at its highest level, Derrick Henry is the reason why. And Derrick has become a much more comfortable leader, a much more vocal leader, somebody who I think has, you know, I don't I don't know if it's fair to say that it was a, a, a trust type of situation with Derrick, where he just had to kind of trust his situation, trust his surroundings. Obviously, early adversity, if you want to call it that, with him not being the lead guy right out of the gate, and then... Even as early as two seasons ago, uh, oh, I'm blanking, on, I'm blanking on his name, 32, David Flewellen. David Flewellen getting snaps over him in that Patriots game before Flewellen ultimately hurt his knee, and then Derek kind of came on. Then you saw all the great things he did last year. Derek Henry, also like Jonu Smith, more comfortable in his skin, leads to greater potential for leadership. But I think Lawan has a, loud, a very loud voice, obviously, even before all of this. But I think he's at the point in his career where he can work. I think people should be comfortable with the idea of Taylor Lewan, locker room leader, even if he is a screwball some of the time, which you need. I need. God knows I need. Football players, football players for the most part, and professional athletes for the most part, take themselves entirely too seriously and are way too scared to say what's actually on their mind. And very, you know, very rarely does it benefit them to say what's actually on their mind. I mean, you want to talk about guys who say what's on their mind... With with the 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 Colin Kaepernick situations with uh uh protesting for police uh, against police brutality against black uh, black uh, black individuals in our country, you saw a couple guys take stances on that with the Titans with the Titans when the Colin Kaepernick uh Ka- Colin Kaepernick peaceful protests were taking place, and that they were met with death threats, a lot of them. So so wrongfully done and this is this is and that's a different kind of leader to be able to take a public stance like that and be comfortable sticking with your guns in the face of death threats from the people who are supposed to be your fan base these are the this Taylor Lewan is probably not that guy but, but there will be a leadership void left in the Titans locker room and that's one of the guys that you should look to first and foremost and one of the guys who said to us today publicly that he wants to be someone who is more looked to as a leader, I think the things that Eddie George said about him and people around the league not necessarily respecting him, I think it kind of got to him last year, and that's when you saw Lewan and the offensive line really start to gel and pick up their pace because then it, be, it then it became a, a point of pride, a point of contention, and in a year when Taylor Le'won couldn't make the Pro Bowl because of a four game PED suspension of his his own fault, of his own admission, due to the due to the unregulated. Supplements that he was taking, and that's you know we won't relitigate all that. But I think that all of those moments were moments of growth for him, and I think you can expect a lot more out of Taylor Lewan in 2020, even if it's not the Walker levels of leadership. At least you get a little bit more out of somebody who you're paying a lot more here on A to Z Sports Primetime, powered by Tennessee Tickets. Let's move on though to the area of the Titans' offense that they need to take another step in to maintain another step forward to maintain the success the kind of success that they are cu- accustomed to, or that they were accustomed in the last 10, ga- 10 games of 2019 that they were getting accustomed to having they were one of the best offenses in football the last time we saw them but they're still not where they need to be in one particular area i want to know from you guys what should the next goal be for the 2020 titans offense in the comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope, let us know there in the comment section and we will discuss those things at length. I will give you my answer momentarily. Puka says wide receiver. That's where you need to see the Titans take the next step. Offensive line says M.B. Comer and Joe uh, Salzo. Forgive me, Joe, if I'm mispronouncing your last name. A.J. told Lawan off for a game or so. Says uh, Yeah, AJ, A.J. Brown, that's... That was one of the first moments when Luan got. I think it was a false start. One of the one of the many false starts that Lawan got at the at the return of his uh, at, after the return of his suspension or after he returned from his suspension. Can't remember what game that AJ Brown kind of got a piece of his ass, but it was kind of like, oh, okay, rookie. <laughs> this is you're killing us out there. This is from a rookie wide receiver. Lawan, get your head out of your ass, and he did. He played a lot much uh, much better football over the course, more disciplined football. The rest of the wide receivers not named AJ. We have to keep defenders out of the box. That's from Titans for Life on Periscope. We're going to take more of your comments here in just a second, and I will address where I believe the next step for the Titans offense to be right after I remind you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The website is GaryAshton.com, your dream address without the stress. Next month is my one year in my dream address, without the stress, courtesy of the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. And they are the people that you should trust because they are the people that your favorite sports teams trust. The Preds, the Titans, Nashville SC, Gary Ashton, all of the official official real estate agents. This is the guy that's the official real estate agent of all of your favorite sports teams and your favorite sports show. Take a uh, virtual tour right now, COVID-19 approved virtual tours available to you at GaryAshton.com or if you're in the market to sell your home, sell your home for more with the Ashton team. GaryAshton.com, the website that you go to. A.J. Lawan was in the Kansas City game, says MB Comer. That's the first Kansas City game. That's the Chiefs game, the upset the uh, the beating down of Patrick Mahomes in Week Ten, his first game returning from injury. One of the most one of the craziest environments that I've ever seen at Nissan Stadium, filled with Kansas City red because those do those those fan bases or that fan base travels particularly well. But yes, that was a pretty unique moment to see AJ Brown. AJ Brown, who there should be high expectations for, and it's going to be tougher for him because people are going to see AJ Brown coming this year. Last year was a little different. He came on towards the end of the season. It was a revelation at wide receiver. And Tannehill was helping out with all of that. And the Derrick Henry play-action pass game. All of it was functioning so smoothly. There should be high expectations for A.J. Brown. And perhaps that's where you put your next step up for the Titans offense. As Dom O'Dell does. Saying wide receiver with the addition of pass rush. That's where Dom needs to see more out of this particular Titans team. Let us know on Facebook Live and on Periscope, where you think the Titans need to take the next step up on offense. Because for me, I look at one thing and I look at one thing alone, and that's pass protection up front. Tennessee, last season, was the second most sacked team, the quarterbacks for the Titans, second most sacked among professional football teams. They were, I believe it was Kansas City and the Giants tied for first, Tennessee gave up 56 sacks in 2019. 25 of Marcus Mariota, the rest coming of Ryan Tannehill. So it's not like that got much better. Even though Marcus was having a hard time, Marcus having a hard time seeing things, letting the ball rip, as we heard Mike Vrabel say earlier. I think that might have been two seasons ago when Mike said that about Marcus's ability to just trust what he was seeing and let the ball go. Marcus Mariota, 25th last year, according to Next Gen stats when it came to average time to throw. many he was hanging on to the ball just a little too long and creating some of the pressure. A lot of that we saw play out in Denver in a way that was detrimental to the Titans' offensive line. But they still need to be better. Offensive line pass protection is the next step to make this Titans' offense truly, truly elite in the way that people are expecting them to be. You have a lot of potential In the wide receivers. I think Corey Davis has a lot more to show that he has not yet done. And that may be a product of him. That may be a product of injury. That may be a product of quarterback malpractice. As I told you last year, if that dude has a bad year in 2019, it's because of operator error. And I don't know if that was necessarily fair with what happened to Marcus. But I know Tannehill damn sure didn't look at him. Ugh, that Denver game says El Boogie 808. Yeah, imagine how I feel having to go back... Yeah, going back to the play, I'm going to have football PTSD because the last time I was in Denver, they played one of the worst football games I have seen played. It was truly uh, truly, a, uh, truly an atrocity, the 16-0, nothing, or 16-0 loss at Mile High in Week 6 last year. Didn't Tannehill play twice the number of games as Marcus close to it, says Puka? And that is also a fair point. But the offensive line, again, they weren't asked to pass protect a ton. They, free, they they ran the offense through Derrick Henry. Tannehill is a complimentary piece. Ideally, with Tannehill, you weren't throwing more than 20 times a game. He was hugely efficient because of it. And the play teams were selling out immediately to stop the run with Derrick Henry. And then they were feasting off the second most explosive offense in football last year via the play-action pass. All of those things were working smoothly. But they can get even to a higher level if they can just give the quarterback a little more time in uh, straight-up drop-back situations, five-step drops, three-step drops, however many step drops the quarterback needs to take. He can't have a defender in his face mask as soon as he does it. Now, I think you can expect growth from Nate Davis, who at right guard didn't get a training camp last year. I can't remember. It was some kind of like dehydration issue with Nate. No, that was Rashawn Evans a couple years ago. I can't remember exactly what it was bothering Nate Davis that caused him to miss training camp last year, but he did miss a substantial amount of time. He came in against the Atlanta Falcons for his first reps in a real live NFL game for Jameel Douglas and was a substantial improvement and then got progressively better as the year went on. Now it helped that Jack Conklin was playing much better at right tackle. Alongside him, Dennis Kelly or the new rookie Isaiah Wilson will be the person next to Nate Davis, so we'll see how that kind of affects the dynamic on the right side. But you can help in pass protection. Now, boogie 808 says, hopefully Panda will be a factor. And if you, if you study Isaiah Wilson, Big Isaiah, Isaiah, uh, who's, who stated that his most favorite thing to do on the conference call with us as soon as he was drafted, Isaiah Wilson says to us on the conference call, like, I just like beating people up on the football field. I like to inflict my will upon another man on the football field. I like to bully guys out there. Isaiah is a great run blocker. Isaiah is not yet a great pass protector. So, in theory, you want him to grow and develop more. In theory, I would imagine you see Dennis Kelly start at least the first month of the Titan season whenever it is that football does take place, whether it be a shortened season. However things play out in the midst of COVID-19, I'm curious to see just how much they ask Isaiah Wilson to do, because I think a lot of people say, okay, you drafted the guy in the first round. The expectation should obviously be for him to play, and I think that he will play in certain packages, but I don't necessarily think that he's a shoe in to beat Dennis right out of the gate. Certainly not right out of the gate. I think you'll see a lot more from him over the course of the year. Daryl says, "Play calling, pick up the pace, better wide receiver plays, and go more for wide receivers." What the hell kind of offense, Daryl, This is not the kind of offense that you that you run here in Nashville. This is a this is a two tight end, running back heavy, uh, twenty one personnel road grading, run first, play defense second. Hell, hellion, smash mouth offense, exotic smash mouth, right with Mike Mularkey. Four wide receiver sets. What the hell kind of what the hell kind of football are you watching for the Titans? This is not how they play. Time for Tannehill is going to be AJ is going to be key to AJ Brown's success. Of course, he is going to be a key to AJ Brown's success. The wide receiver is most dependent of the positions on the football field. Quarterback, you have to have good quarterback play to get good production out of your wide receivers. Obviously, but the place that I think they stand to show the most growth is in pass protection. You have to see a lot more out of the Tennessee Titans for you to feel comfortable with them in that way. Let us finish off this evening's show. We've talked a lot about the leadership void that Delaney Walker left and who will now step into his role. It is now time to have a little less serious fun. We're going to go to This is a Free site. the best thing that I saw on social media this week. And the question for you all is, and I would like to see you guys answer this in the comments section on Facebook Live and on Periscope. This is a free site. You know all of the Titans media members. You know a lot of them, anyway. You know the primary actors. You know me, you know Paul Koharski, you know Joe Rexroad, you know John Glennon, you know our man T.D. Teron Davenport of ESPN.com. You are familiar with the people who cover your favorite professional football team. And this is a free site. Is based off the ability for us as media members to not figure out how the hell, through 11 weeks, almost 12 weeks, of global pandemic, how the hell to operate on a Zoom call, a Zoom press conference call with players. Now, it seems to be an issue across the league, and we're going to go to the Detroit Lions' most recent press availability for our video this week. The question for you all, though, is which Titans media member is most likely to ruin a Zoom press conference? Let me know on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Your suggestion, who you think is most likely to botch it, I will give you my answer here in just a second right after I remind you about our friends at Tennessee Heating and Cooling. 10HC.com is the website that you go to for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. That is, Those are the people that you trust for your temperature control. Get in the comfort zone. Make sure that you get the services that you require for your heating and cooling systems. Our friends at Tennessee Heating and Cooling will get you covered. Didn't you just ruin one last week, says El Boogie 808? Yes, I did, but that's not the point. We are talking about, <laughs> we are talking about Tennessee Heating and Cooling, and we can address my faults on the conference call, what was that, last week or two weeks ago? I can't remember. Regardless, 10HC.com for all of your HVAC needs. This is the question for you guys. Which Titans media member is most likely to botch a Zoom? Tie between you and Paul, says Puka. This video is from the Detroit Lions, their, t- their version of Taylor Lewan. It's Taylor Decker, the left tackle for the Detroit Lions. His Zoom availability was today. And somebody for the Detroit press was double dipping between the Red Wings and the Lions media availability. And this bore itself out in the middle of Taylor Decker's Zoom call. This video, courtesy of the Lions' official Twitter account.
2: A little strange, not um, not having seen my teammates, knowing that the season's coming up, but uh, everybody's uh, adapted really well. People in uh, general, with all the having teams. his presence, having uh, you know, obviously everyone in hockey knows what he's done as a player, but also <laughs> what he's done as a general manager, and then from oh, to to the come screen. back to uh, Detroit and. Um, you know, I think uh Holland was a great general manager, but uh Steve coming back really someone uh, listening to the red wings uh, ramped up media availability that's on right now that's what that is you know we had a great locker room, and we have great guys, but um oh, please uh, I think please. everyone was on their toes, which was was a good thing, and everyone um that, that was in fact wojo, we apologize, okay. Taylor, you want to finish that question and we'll, we'll wrap up with Jeremy? I don't remember what I was saying. Um.
0: <laughs> that's Taylor Decker. Haha, <laughs> that face he made, says El Boogie. Yes, so that's a Detroit Lions media member doing what all of us media vultures have done over the course of Zoom press conferences. They had, though, two Zoom availabilities going between the Titans and the Detroit Red Wings, the NHL team in town. Somebody was double-dipping and it was bleeding through from one Zoom to the next. Now, we don't know if the Red Wings' Zoom media availability was able to pick up on Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker wasn't talking. The question, though, is which Titans media member would you most accuse of pulling that off or, or messing that up? Who do you think it would be? Puka says Austin would double dip. Now, Austin, I don't think, I don't think anybody but Alex Doherty goes to the Preds, media availability, or the Preds Zoom availabilities other than our Preds writer for A to Z Sports Nashville, uh, Alex Doherty, I haven't been in one. I hear they take fan questions in the middle of the media availability. As somebody who was paid to be there, that would piss me off. Take your take some other time to ask questions, not on my time from the fans. I understand that you're trying, that you're appealing to the fan base, but like let's not let's not be jerks about it. Okay, another time for the fan questions for the professional athletes. Who though would you most like, Would you find most likely to botch a Zoom call? Because today, we didn't have anybody do it. But the one person that I think would be most likely to do this among our Titans media corps would be John Glennon. John Glennon of The Athletic. We name names around here and we love Johnny G. John is one of the best. Johnny cracks me up. In fact, I am grateful to John because he wrote a really cool story for the athletic about my friend Christian Reed and the one man marathon that he ran with the Music City mar- uh, Marathon being canceled he raised a ton raised about 6 grand on a gofundme page to run his marathon by himself and Johnny wrote about this but Johnny god love him cannot for the life of him figure out how to zoom efficiently he's a very bumbling old man when it comes to these things Johnny is in his mid 50s but acts as if he's 75 on it it takes i have timed him an average of 10.35 seconds for Johnny to unmute himself when called upon in the Zoom press conference calls. And so the person who you would most accuse of botching a Titan Zoom call, just out of pure, pure senility, would be John Glennon. Now, Paul Kaharski has done this. I have done this. We have both explained our reasons for ruining the media call. I could not get my Wi-Fi connection to work one day. And every time they tried to throw it to me, you just couldn't hear me because I couldn't hear my name being called upon. And so I ruined both a Mike Vrabel and a John U. Smith Zoom press conference. Paul did it last week, I believe, with Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown, which is a much more important one for him to have ruined. So we will blame, but we, we, we will say the greater shame is on Kaharski for ruining the Zoom conference calls. Junior says Zach See, Zach doesn't really ask questions in these things, so he's not really put in a position. Zach is working on graphics for the A to Z Sports Instagram, which you should be following us on. Zach is tweeting quotes from the A to Z Sports Twitter, which you should be following on. You and your Wi-Fi, write a book, says El 808 Yeah, you're telling me, buddy. I don't know what to do about it. It's, I, I've reset my router like six times, and I'm, for, for what I'm paying for this goddamn thing, excuse, <laughs> excuse my language, for what I'm paying for this godforsaken thing, you would think that I would never have a connection drop, but unfortunately, uh, it does happen from time to time. SMH, leave it to the Lions to mess something like that up, says Johnny Lee. No, this was the the Lions media. This was not on the fault of the, of the Detroit Lions. Again, this is a free site. The funniest thing that I saw on social media this week, because we can all relate to it, because we as Titans media members have botched these Zoom calls before, this was left tackle of the Lions, Taylor Decker, in his availability today.
2: It's a little strange not um, not having seen my teammates, knowing that the season's coming up, but uh, everybody's uh, adapted it's really been well. Great, I people think, in general uh, with all the having teams. His presence. Having uh,
0: you oh, know, heck. obviously
2: everyone in hockey knows what he's done as a player, but also what he's done as a general manager. And then for him oh, to, me, me to come back to uh, Detroit, and um, you know, I think and uh, Holland was a great general manager, but. Uh, Steve coming back really uh, listening to the Red Wings uh, ramped up media availability that's on right, right now. And, that's what that is. You know, we had a great locker room and we have a great group of guys, but um, oh, know, I think everyone was on their toes, which was a good thing. And everyone. Uh, that, that was, in fact, Wojo, we apologize. Okay.
1: Taylor, you want to finish that question and we'll, we'll wrap up with Jeremy. I
0: don't remember what I was saying. Um, <laughs> Just his face when he realizes that somebody's not on mute and they're just waiting for it to stop. The reaction is just like, come on. I mean, but what, what do you do? Because a lot of times, these things are so uncomfortable for the guys that are being put in this virtual press conference setting because they'll make us, or at least the Titans, have us turn our, our cameras off. So you can't see the people who are asking you questions. you got a moderator from the team's PR calling, calling us by name like school children, and then we unmute our microphone and we ask our question we don't show our faces because they're being, this is being broadcast in a very specific format so that LaJuan's face is the one that you see while we are all asking questions as the Titans stream this on YouTube and on Periscope. It's very specifically done with the intention of not seeing us slaps. But a lot of, this, a lot of times when you can't see the people who are asking you questions, it creates a very awkward dynamic, especially when the technology screws up or somebody's not smart enough to figure it out. That is exactly what happened to Taylor Decker, the left tackle of the Detroit Lions, earlier today, asking you guys the question, which one of us Titans media members would be most likely to do the same thing? I saw Jared Stillman, who we have, uh, we have decided is the one to blame for ruining the Tannehill call right after he signed a $29.5 million a year contract. Good job out of our friend Jared Stillman. Uh, I would have said p k even if he didn't mess that up one that messed that one up last week, says Johnny Lee, it kills me to make fun of paul because paul is paul is a good friend of mine. Paul is somebody who's easy to make fun of because he goes out of his way uh to be i don't know what what i don't know what Paul goes out of his way to be, but Paul is an easy target at that point now paul will will dish it out just as ma- just as bad as anybody. But Paul, in his old age, as, as the, the glasses that he pushes up on the brim of his nose, as they slowly sink further and further down, and he's looking at his phone farther away, and he's becoming older in front of our eyes. I accuse him of senility when he double-muted his microphone last week. and then When they, when they called upon him to ask Jeffrey Simmons a question, he couldn't figure out how to double-unmute his microphone, which I didn't even know was a thing. But our friend, the old man, the chief, the old head... Having trouble there with the Zoom call. Poor, uh, poor Paul. It happens to all of us. Clearly. It happens to everybody in different media markets covering the Tennessee Titans. El Boogie says Paul wants all the smoke. No, I don't think, I don't think he does. I don't know why he wants to live that way. Like, like El Boogie says it, says it himself. I don't know why. Out of his way to be difficult, says Eric Lewis. Whatever he is, I love him to death. He's a good friend. And he's been good to me over my. Court. Listen, there is there is no reason Paul Kaharsky should have been no reason anybody should have been nice to me the first time that I wandered into that locker room. I was like 22 years old, no experience covering a professional football team, I have no idea who how to talk to professional athletes, much less in a locker room setting. And Paul and Brett Kern were always the people that were kindest to me in those settings as I was, you know, trying to learn how to do my job amongst uh, top of the line. Uh, professional athletes who everybody wants a piece of, everybody wants to talk to. I'm wandering around in there without any experience and trying to learn on the fly over the course of the four years that I've now been covering your team. I've essentially grown in the same way that we're talking about Taylor Lewan growing up in the Titans locker room. I feel like I kind of grew up in the Titans locker room, at least professionally, anyway. But we have come to the end of another show. You have grown out of this week of A to Z Sports primetime. Our week is now concluded, Sunday to Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time is when we come hang out here with you guys on Facebook Live and on Periscope. A pleasure, as always, to speak with you. I enjoy each of our interactions every week that we do this thing, and you guys have brought it strong for yet another week amidst a global pandemic. Week 11, and we have gotten through it together. I would not be able to get through it without you guys, and so I appreciate you for it. On the way out the door, a few programming notes. I made an appearance on our Tighten Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network, hosted by Jack Gentry and Austin Huff. You can rate, review, and subscribe to that in the A to Z Sports podcast feed. I have a new 615 Sessions podcast out with Braden Gall and Alex Doherty. We talked about the NHL returning, college football coming back, SEC athletes reporting to campus on June 8th, and then we spent a little time talking about Hearing from Taylor Lewan and discussing his leadership role uh, at further length. Five good minutes this week on Taylor Lewan. Also, you need to support the people that support this show. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com. Our friends at Tame the Beast, groom boldly, be a beast. Get the promo code AZ50 saves you 50% off at getBeast.com. And of course our friends at Tennessee Heating and Cooling10HC.com is the place that you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. I appreciate you guys, and I'm going to get out of here and get my weekend going tomorrow on the radio 3HL in the 2 o'clock hour on 104.5 The Zone. I'll be there to hang out with Brent Doherty and Don Davenport. But until Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, as always, fam, peace and love.